0: This episode of Ask the Pokédexpert is brought to you by The Pokédex, state-of-the-art scanning and information-gathering device, free to all 11-year-olds. And by Adventure Incorporated Podcast. It's Dungeons & Dragons you listen to. Adventureinc.podbean.com Now, on to the show. Ask the Pokédexpert. Hello friends, welcome to Ask the Pokédexpert, where we take audience questions and pick the brain of our special guest expert. I'm your host, Anthony Reed. Joining me this week, he is a Pokémon researcher and the foremost expert in the fields of Pokémon biology, anatomy, and social biology. His new book, The Descent of Mr. Mime, is available now. It's Pokedexpert Mike Ellison. Thanks for being here, Mike.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Anthony. You know, I'm I'm so flattered that you've asked me onto the show again. Uh, It really means a lot that that you consider my opinion. Um, I'm especially excited this week. Uh, Mareep is actually my favorite Pokemon.
0: Well, and, and this week, that's right, we're talking about one of my favorite Pokemon as well, Mareep. The Pokedex lists Mareep as a 2-foot, 17.2-pound electric Pokemon. The community has a lot of questions about the very cute wool Pokemon, and we're going to ask them right now to our Pokedexpert. Are you ready, Mike?
1: I am, Anthony.
0: All right. First up, Twitter user Alperkow asks, Can you shear a Mareep? If so, how useful is the wool?
1: That's a great question, Al Perkow. Um, you know, it it's an interesting question, right? Can you shear a mareep? The answer of course is yes. You know, you can you can shear almost anything that grows hair. Um, you know, the uh the follow-up question is should you? Uh and so, you know, to that I say I think I think mareep shearing is best less left to the professionals, right? Uh, the the follow-up question of how useful the wool is really depends on the type of treatment that it goes through. Um, you know, of course, as with any time that we deal with an electric Pokemon, you know, any time that we are working with one, it's really important to be wearing rubber-soled shoes. It's really important to use the proper hand, uh, hand protection. Personally, I like to... Uh, you know, I like to put on my my fishing gaiters, and I like to put on some big rubber gloves before I before I start to work with Marie uh, especially especially if it's you know in the springtime and I'm looking to start shearing. Uh, I think it's really important to to be grounded uh, and to make sure that that I do have uh, an assistant nearby in case of you know accidental shock. Uh, the right. discharge from from that, Mareep wool can be very powerful and can really catch you off guard if you're not used to it.
0: I, I think it's important to point out that the OSHA guidelines for many professional farms is uh, a full
1: rubber suit, uh, head to toe. Yes, absolutely. Uh, personally, I just, I I prefer the feeling of working uh, a little bit more freed. Um, you know, it, it's not like I'm doing this for profit, so I'm able to to work a little bit differently than than a lot of the farms can. Uh I do think if it is your primary profession that that you should follow uh, appropriate guidelines. And,
0: and it is important to note that what we're talking about is sort of these small scale operations. They've been doing, uh, you know, there have been techniques that have been used for hundreds and hundreds of years. uh To, sure. to sort of prevent yeah. those sort
1: of shocks. You know, recently I was on a I was on a fact finding mission uh, about Mareep, actually, Um and when we were in Amish country in Pennsylvania, you know, their Mareep shearers do it in the buff. Mm, uh, just wow. Just fully, yeah, f- fully prepared uh, to, to receive, uh, you know, I was talking about it after with them and they, a lot of the shearers feel that it's a, it's a more godly connection uh, to the animal and to the, to the reality that they live in. And, you know, um, it's almost a a form of penance, right if you are shocked uh, is how they look at it it's it's almost a religious experience.
0: Can you talk um, a little bit about the treatments that that they do use the on the wool to get it
1: prepared for use in daily life? Certainly certainly yeah, that's a great question you know um, one of the things that it you know that they that they did in Amish country you know where where everything is a little bit uh Less technological, of course. You know, they, they don't use the electricity for anything after shearing the wool. Uh, so they actually bury that wool for three days. Huh. Yeah, they want to make sure that the ground uh, absorbs that energy. Uh, and then they're able to use the, uh, the glass created by the, by the lightning strikes coming out of the wool uh, to, to sell to, you know, uh, people that come to visit the villages. Uh, as as kind of one of their, their tourist exports. You know, once it's once it's fully discharged. Uh of course, you know, in the in the big Mareep uh wool, you know, farming factories, you know, they have they have machines that they that they use to uh to pull out and harness that electricity. Um but you know in the Amish country they just use it to create art and some of the stuff is really beautiful. That is fascinating. Once the once the wool has been, has been pulled out of the ground, uh, what they do is they go through a, a series of, of washing and dyeing processes before even spinning it. So they will already have dyed the wool. They will have already uh, cleansed it of of the the dirt from the ground. Um, you can get it on natural, but it is uh, it is recommended to go through that washing process just in case there's any leftover static inside that wool.
0: What kind of things is that uh, Mareep wool useful for or or what advantages does it have or disadvantages does it have compared to sheep wool?
1: Sure. Um, You know, it's I think a lot of it has to do with the uh, the readily available source uh, that is sheep wool. Right. Uh, Otherwise, Mareep wool is almost universally better. Uh, it, It pills less it It is stronger and it is actually a softer fabric once it's been uh once it's been taken care of um a lot of that is due to the fact that air you know the air that's stored inside its fur uh helps to helps to enhance that fluffiness and so this is a this is a fur and this is a this is a wool that has not had to deal with the same coarseness and the same uh Exposure to elements that, that say, a sheep might. Uh, yeah. It's just a, a little bit higher quality. You know, it's like discussing the difference between merino and standard wool. Um, that's kind of the level of difference between Mareep wool and even, you know, the finest sheep wools.
0: That is fascinating. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to another question here. <clears throat> Facebook user Nathan Haluska asks, Do Porygon dream of
1: Mareep? Ha! That's a a clever question, Nathan. I appreciate that. Um, Of course, you know, uh, this is not a a session on the Porygon, but it is important to note that as a virtual Pokemon, it does not sleep. Uh, It's Mm. simply powered off.
0: Yes, that's a great point. Uh, There are no dreams of Porygon. They don't have a dreaming phase of any kind, Uh, but we like to imagine that they probably would dream of Mareep if they could.
1: I mean, don't we all? Sure. You know, it, I, I, I'll never forget. You know, when I was a when I was a young, uh, up and coming Pokemon researcher. You know, laying in bed and trying to count Marie's, Uh mm. You know, if I was if I was really nervous about a final, uh, or you know, a, a term paper that was due due in the morning. I would just lay there and count those Mareeps.
0: I've counted Mareeps several times uh, to try and and, and lull myself to sleep. That's a a great tactic. Uh, A a little human biology lesson.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's important. You know, it's important to know that, like, sometimes Pokemon don't have all the answers, uh, you know, but we can always relate back to them. Mm. That's a
0: fantastic point. And, And really... If there's no other purpose for this show, I think that's really what we're trying to get to at its core.
1: Sure, uh, and I think it's important, uh, Nathan. I think your your question was important. I don't mean to have uh, uh, so summarily di- dismissed it, you know. But but this is a uh, fact based show, and so I thought it was important to to first point out the the factual error in the question. Uh, I do appreciate the the illusion, of course. Um, to the to the famed novel but uh you know I, I think i think we can all agree that philip k dick was speaking in uh rhetoricals when he asked if porygon dream of Mareep. absolutely a uh,
0: twitter user at captain hygiene brings us this one is it possible to mitigate the static buildup of marieps asking for a friend not because of any alleged safety incidents on my own farm
1: You know, uh, thank you so much for your question, Captain Hygiene. I think first and foremost, you know, it's really important. Uh, if you are in a, uh, U.S. based farm, you know, the, the OSHA guidelines that, that Anthony had been speaking about earlier are so crucial to follow both for the health and safety of, uh, the animals and the, the Pokemon, as well as the health and safety of yourself and your employees, um, You know, that full rubber suit is really going to come in handy when you're when you're handling your Mareep. Um, I. I do want to clear up the grammatical issue as well in the question, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, The plural of Mareep is Mareep. Of course, Um, of course. We I present understand. these the way
0: they're sent in, but I, I do understand where you're coming oh, from. Oh,
1: gosh. I'm so sorry. Uh, I assumed that the, uh, that the Twitter question had used the correct uh, the correct pluralization, and it had been a, uh, a misspeaking on your end that had caused the issue. I'm sorry, Captain Hygiene. I did not mean to imply that you don't know any better. Um, I simply was trying to jest at the host of the show.
0: Mm. We'll move on from that uh, to say that uh, hopefully you are not facing these safety incidents, uh, uh, Captain Hygiene, because, uh, you know, Mareep do carry an awful large charge uh, in their wool, uh, and that would be a real shame. Uh,
1: I think it's important to mention, too, that the fines carried by uh, not following those OSHA guidelines can be very steep. And if you, you know, if you're concerned about the. Uh, the continued sustainability of a Mareep farm, it's very important to follow those guidelines uh, to the T. Now, of course, if you are, you know, outside of the United States, if you if you happen to be uh, Mareep farming, say, uh, you know, in the Caribbean or in Central America, some of those laws are more lax, uh, I would still recommend following OSHA guidelines just for your own safety and for the safety of animal of of the animals. Um I think it's I think it's important to, you know, wear that full body rubber suit. I think it's important to always be connected to a to a ground. I think it's important to uh you know to do the magnet passover. I know a lot of people talk about it like it's a like it's a passe move, uh, but you know, it's in the guidelines for a reason and it's really not that hard. All you've got to do, you know, is, is just take that magnet and that 10, that, that 10 foot pole and just wave it over the whole flock. Right. Like I've seen, you know, I've seen some very clever automation of that process where, where the Mareep are corralled so that one by one they pass under a magnetized pole, um,
0: I've seen some farms that use Magnemites, Magnetons, and Magnezones to sort of you do that process for them, floating
1: over the flock. As long as those Pokemon are being ethically treated, mm-hmm. you know, I have no problem with that. Uh, but I do think it's important to remember that uh, just because it is a mechanical Pokemon does not mean that it isn't a Pokemon still. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it may not it may not behave the same way. It may, you know, it may respond in a series of ones and zeros, but it's still ultimately a Pokemon. And so we still have to protect it under the Pokemon, Pokemon Protection Act.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I also think it's important to point out that although some of those, as you mentioned, some of the laws are a little more lax in other places in the world, uh, people should still be fighting to try to bring those labor laws in line with the highest standard of living that we can hope to achieve.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's only a matter of time before we're all on the same page anyway. Uh wouldn't it be great to be a trend setter instead of a trend follower?
0: And uh real quick before we move on, are there any other uh mitigating um techniques for to to treat the mareep before you shear uh aside from maybe the magnet pass um as opposed to mitigating on the person?
1: Sure. Um you know, I think it's important to remember that Mareep evolved, Dar- Darwinian evolved, uh, this electric protection for a purpose, right? And to to try to mitigate too much of that can cause stress to the Mareep and can cause them to discharge a little bit more violently even. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Magnet Pass is a good move. I think there are a couple of... Uh, you know, I know there are a couple of guides on the internet that that talk about you know um, passing your mareep through through mud puddles on the way to be sheared, but I think I think ultimately that stresses them more than anything else. Mm.
0: You know, um, very if important point.
1: If you have Mareep that like to play in the mud, by all means, you're probably going to be a little bit safer, but I don't think it's I don't think it's our decision to make whether we force a force a pokemon to to get into an uncomfortable situation.
0: Now, just with Mareep raising, are there any issues with um, you know, bathing a
1: Mareep or 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 trying to oh God, clean never, it anyway? Never never bathe, bathe a Mareep. Uh, never never ever bathe a Mareep. Please, if you're listening to this, just let them wash themselves. You know. Um you may you may offer uh to, you know, open up their pen and lead them out into the rain. Uh as long as you are standing inside and wearing your full your full rubber suit, you should be okay. Um Make sure there are no other pokemon in the area uh particularly no uh you know no no coil pokemon that can receive that that discharge uh gosh you know this this is kind of what what I was talking about going back to the uh to the ethical treatment of magnemites and magnetons you know um and of course the poor the poor Magnazone. i mean talk about a talk about a pokemon that that receives an undue amount of work. They think just because they're bigger, you know, they're able to, they're able to do more, but.
0: Well, and I think people sort of underestimate the, the zone of influence that a magnazone has. So it can actually pick up from multiple flocks sometimes just by happenstance, if they're too close
1: together, just by being there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It.
0: mm, That's a, that's a good point. We'll we'll get to that though. Magnezone, you know, that's, that's a, a discussion for another day certainly certainly
1: um, yeah i think i think it's uh i think it's a good i think it's a good thing to keep in mind that you know maybe your mareep will like to be to be washed to be clean uh, but it's important to remember that each each Mareep will be different. And even within a flock, right a lot of a lot of people assume that what's good for one Mareep in a flock may will be good for all the others. Um, and I think that is a I think that is a common misconception., mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah. I totally agree. Uh, let's move on. So James Charest on Facebook wants to know. How do people deal with the horrible static electricity from clothing made of Marie wool?
1: Oh, James, I don't know where you're shopping, um, but they should certainly be reported. Mm. You know, it's 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 a shame when when people buy these third-party, you know, kind of uh, gray market. Marie Wool sweaters. I understand it's a designer item. I understand that the the price in a Nordstrom's or a Neiman's is going to be high, but you're also going to get guaranteed quality there. Um, you know, I the other day I was in a bodega and I saw a Marie Wool hat just sitting on, you know, on a on a little hat stand. Uh, it said, you know, made with Mareep wool. And you could see sparks shooting off the hat. And the the guy behind the counter was selling it. I couldn't believe it. I, I just, you know, he, God, James, you bring up such a great question. Uh, the, you know, the answer is that people deal with that by paying more to make sure that that, Uh, to make sure that that electric charge has been taken out of it.
0: Yeah, if you're dealing with exceptionally static wool, it probably was not
1: treated well enough to begin with. Oh, I'm sorry. I misinterpreted the question. Okay. I thought James meant the electric discharge. I Mm. see now he means like a, a cling. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like a cling. Yeah.
1: Gosh. I mean, either way, James, make sure that you are buying the highest quality possible. I know you want to save some money. I know, uh, you know, I know people, people still want to look good when times are tough, but make sure that, uh, you know, one of the, one of the easiest things that you can do with Mareep wool, uh, items is just don't dry them. Hmm. Right. Uh, Just the same way that a Mareep does not want to get wet uh, necessarily. If you just don't get dirty in your Mareep wool sweaters, you won't need to wash them. And then you won't have to go through air drying them and then restretching them or, you know, God forbid you put them in a dryer and then you're. That is a shocking uh, turn of events when you go to pull that sweater out of the dryer you know i think we've all been there you know my first piece of marie uh Maripool uh clothing i that was not not a shock that i will soon forget when you pull that out of the dryer um i feel like my hair stood up on end for weeks
0: <laughs> well and i think your your advice about making sure you spare no expense and really get that top of the line thing Rather than trying to save a dollar, I mean, you really are going to have a higher quality uh, outfit. But you can save a dollar by buying The Descent of Mr. Mime now on Amazon and on Audible, a special deal on Audible. If you sign up for Audible, you'll get a free book. You can just grab The Descent of Mr. Mime that is uh, read by Neil Patrick Harris uh, out now by Mike Ellison. It is uh, a fantastic book.
1: I highly recommend it. Thank you so much, I, again, for, for mentioning the book. You know, I, I wasn't going to bring it up on the show. Uh, I just wanted to come in and, and, and do, do a piece with you here. Uh, you know, you've been so good to promote my work. Uh, it means a lot to me.
0: Well, I think it's important to the listener to know what's out there from you because you have some, some really fascinating stuff uh, coming out, some great pieces of research. And, and I think that uh, beyond just a promotion for you, I think it's good for our listener to know. Uh, that they can find this stuff. It, it's some some great stuff.
1: And let me tell you guys, Neil was such a sport reading that book. He was so he was so interested. By the end of it, you know, we were by the end of it, we were having our own conversations about Mister Mime over dinner. Mm. Uh, it was great. It was great. He he was really really interested. Uh, you know, he he laments the you know, the common miscategorization of Mr. Mime. Uh, and he's really excited to start working to advocate, uh, you know, for more education.
0: Mm. I think that's, we could all use a little more education. Finally, Facebook user Stephanie, K- Krug Kru- 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 asks, is there a future for Mareep generated electricity?
1: Oh, Stephanie, that's such a great question. Uh, you know, it's, it's exciting, right? We live in a world and we live in a time where renewable really is uh, so in vogue right now. Mm. Uh, in fact, myself, I've been I've been experimenting with a few different uh, Mareep-powered home solutions recently. Um, one of the things that has been really difficult is making sure that the Mareep stays close enough to the to the wires that we are using to uh to catch that power and push it into the home, you know. Um the thing with a the thing with a mobile pokemon is that you're going to need either uh kind of a long you know, either a long cord to to attach to the mareep or you're going to need some sort of wireless energy containment option. Um but either way, it's really, it can be really difficult to make sure that a marip is living its fullest life uh, if it's being harnessed for electricity, you know. Um,
0: and that's something I in, wanted to bring up. You know, they they have a lot of these collection things in, in Japan where they have these very small enclosed spaces because it's Japan. They don't have a lot of space uh, sure. in sort of the city where you just see these Mareep running in these Five foot cubes, basically, uh, sure. where they are collecting their electricity, and that is heartbreaking. Just heartbreaking.
1: Yeah. I know, I know. In the U.S., uh, again, thanks to the PPA, the the Pokemon Protection Act, that would never happen here, you know. And I think, uh, I think, while renewable is something that we should all be striving for, right? Uh, I do not necessarily believe that harnessing the energy of an animal like that is the way that we should be trying to do it.
0: Yeah. I I think there might be some options for maybe some large scale operations with a lot of space that are collecting and storing the energy into batteries and shipping the battery to the home. Uh, Certainly. But but in terms of uh, using it or or maybe powering a grid even, Uh,
1: but – Sure. Yeah, if you were able to uh, if you were able to say run those cables underground, right? Uh, and just collect uh, collect the the energy off a of mareep if we ran the cables under the ground and then put rods up into the, you know, into the fields, the grazing fields for a mareep when they walked by the rods, that could be the energy transfer.
0: You might have a uh, you
1: might have another paper in the works there, Mr. Ellison. Uh again, Stephanie, thank you so much for your question. This has been really enlightening. Uh Anthony, I I'm so appreciative of your time. This is uh I've got to I'm sorry. I've I am sorry i have i am sorry to cut this short, but I've got to go. No, no, that's fine. We're pretty much at all the
0: time we have for this week anyway. Uh, Don't forget to pick up Mike's book, uh, The Descent of Mr. Mime, available now on Amazon, Kindle, uh, any bookstores that you can maybe find anywhere. Uh, And of course, on Audible, uh, with Neil Patrick Harris reading the book for you. Um, So uh, we had a few more questions this week, but sadly, we couldn't get to them. And I'm so sorry if we didn't get to your questions, but we thank you for sending them in all the same. Join us again in two weeks when we have an expert in to talk about one of, uh, one of the weirder Pokemon, Amungus. Make sure you send all your Amungus questions to Twitter, Facebook, and email. You can tweet us at Pokedexpert. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com pokedexpert. And you can email us at pokedexpertpod at gmail.com. We can't wait to see what you want to know. See you next time.